Hello, welcome to Three Songs, Three Films. I'm Tom Kramer. I'm Sarah. <laughs> and so we're gonna just first start off, start off today before we move into um, the three songs and three films we picked for this week, talking a little bit about yourself. So I'm gonna go first and then I'm gonna let Sarah um, talk about herself for a little bit. Um, so I am currently a senior at Eastern Michigan, uh, studying communication media theater arts with a minor in journalism. Um, I'm very into entertainment um, and fashion. I am more into the music side than the film, but I like both. And um, so that's kind of a little bit about me. I'm just really, I'm excited to finally like start a podcast with one of my friends and um, excited to talk about things that I think both really interest the two of us and kind of get to know more about the things we both love and define more about similar interests that we have. Yeah. All right, I'm Sarah again. Uh, I've spent the past five years working in the film industry down in New Orleans uh, in the locations department. I just recently moved back home to Michigan and uh, I too love the entertainment industry, obviously, both film and music, and I'm very excited to be doing this podcast with Tom. So I think we're going to now just go a little bit to just go right on into it. Um, <laughs> and um, so for this week, we just decided to pick um, the three song, our favorite three songs of all time and our favorite uh, three films of all time. Um, so what is the first song that you chose, Sarah? I chose um, Stay With Me by Chanyol and Punch. It is my absolute favorite song in the whole world. Um, it's from the um, K-drama Goblin, and which I also really love. I can talk about that another time. But uh, it's just, I think it's a beautiful song. The, the two artists, their voices really uh, blend well together. Uh, Punch has a beautiful voice, and she has done uh, a number of soundtracks for K-dramas. Um, Chanyeol is a part of the K-pop group EXO, which uh, I'm also a fan of. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a really beautiful song. I, I love listening to it. It's one of those songs that I just like can't skip anytime it comes on, even if I've listened to it, you know, 10 times already in that day. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I heard it for the first time yesterday when you sent it to me and I thought it was really interesting <laughs> to just like listen to a song that you don't know what they're saying, but still you can like, it's just, it's just a good song regardless of if you know, and like, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. But the one question I had for you um, was how did you get into the whole like K-pop scene? And like, was there something that got you like into that? Yeah, no, it's kind of a, so it's, I was, binge watching Netflix one weekend, I think, and um, I am a hopeless romantic, so I love, like, uh, chick flicks, and Netflix recommended me one, and I didn't realize until I had started watching it that it was a Filipino movie, but it was cute, and so I kept watching it, and then that kind of led to Netflix recommending other, like, uh, Chinese dramas, which then led to K-dramas, and that's how I kind of got into, you know, watching, watching them and listening to K-pop. Yeah, that, I, I think it's interesting, too, sometimes, like, you don't always expect to go down the path right. that you've gone down, and I think that um, it's pretty different, but I feel like I've gone down that path a little bit myself, not with the k-pop thing but i feel like i never grew up being like a fan of country music and i never grew up to be a, a fan of a lot of things that now i listen to often and i think that that's interesting that like you can have maybe like an artist or two that you like in one genre and you don't really like explore it and right. then after a while you start exploring it more and i i know that's like pretty different than what you were saying but i feel like i connect with it on the sense of like sometimes you don't know as time goes by, what music you're gonna end up really into. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I'm like grateful to it because there's so much amazing 
music and even films and artists out there in the world. And I think here in, in the US, we're kind of very closed off to that. We're starting to open up and kind of accept it into our world, but, but we've been very closed off on that. But um, I, I don't know, I'm excited that I was introduced to it, no matter how it was, because it's just, I've been able to see and, and hear things I never would have before and, and things that I absolutely love, so. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things, like, it's interesting that when you get introduced to something, I sometimes think when you get introduced to something later on in your life, or at a, or like it wasn't what you knew first, I feel like your passion for it grows even more. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you discover it later, and you're like, whoa, I didn't know this before. Right. <laughs> that, to me, like, I feel like it's interesting about, like, just seeing, and also when you open your eyes to different things, it's you start realizing things that you were like, oh, wow, like I always said, I didn't really like this kind of music or this wasn't my thing or you didn't, or you didn't really know much about it. And then when you find something, you're like, you connect on a different level. Yeah, I think too, it also just shows how truly like connected we all are in this world because yes, we all have differences and our differences are absolutely beautiful, but we're all still super connected. We all have like, you know, the basic same things. We all love, you know, we all get sad sometimes and, and those, you know, go through, you know, with that. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's funny because I think that even leads into the first song that I chose, which was I Was Here by Beyonce, which seems like a funny segue, but <laughs> I feel like to me, that song, I feel like is a song that is relatable to anybody regardless of like their age their race their sexual orientation just any of it because I feel like people just want to feel accepted and feel and also people just want to feel like their life has a meaning and I think that like that's not something that's just like specific to one person not at all and I think for me it was very like um I think one thing that people, if they, you know, end up watching us more, will find out about me. I'm really into like big songs and anthems and like songs that I feel like tell it either like, either about overcoming something or just like a storytelling type song. And I feel like for me, the reason why I picked the song I was here was because Diane Warren, she's written a lot of songs um, throughout the probably last 20, 30 years in the industry, um, usually writes very, like from the heart type songs Mm -hmm. and a lot of songs for like soundtracks. And so I just, for me, I usually gravitate towards songs that have won a big, a big vocal, but also (laughs) something that just has a message too. And I think that, I think it just, it's interesting that you brought up unifying because I feel like that kind of led right into being like, that is what like my favorite song is about. Right. And who, I mean, who doesn't love Beyonce, but when Beyonce <laughs> gets soulful, <laughs> like, that's something special right there. I really, yeah, I, it's interesting for me because I've been a big Beyonce fan since like she came out probably when I was like middle schoolish age and, or we were middle school age. And I feel like the, the thing that I find interesting for me is I feel like when you listen to an artist for a lot of years there's something like comforting about it where you almost like know their voice and when their voice comes on like even if there are times where I'm like I don't always love everything she puts out or everything like I feel there's a comfort there's like a level of like this voice has been playing for for me for like the last 15-ish years or more of my life. And that, I think there's that like connection feeling of like, and that even goes to like Diane Warren being, who wrote the song, one of my, like as one of my favorite songwriters, like when she puts out a song, I think there's that connection because I know what her lyrics usually sound like. Right. I, I think too, like a lot of people use music as therapy. I know I did growing up. Um, it's just therapy. So I think that's too why it feels so comforting is because you know that they've put out music and they've put out certain songs that have helped you through 
certain moments in your life and um the songs feel so relatable and so i think that it's just it's therapy yeah definitely um so what was the second song that you chose the second song think you know speaking of therapy is actually um empty by ray lamontagne to me this song is just it's pure poetry just to begin with but it's a song that um has has been there for me in some challenging times um you know last year was a tough year for me and i began my path going down like kind of straying a little bit from religion and going more towards spirit spirituality um but this song just had a verse in it that was like it's so special to me and it it hit home when i heard it and it it says while I looked my demons in the eyes, lay bare my chest, said, do your best to destroy me. See, I've been to hell and back so many times, I must admit you kind of bore me. And to me, like when I heard that, it was just like, damn, like, yeah, you know, because I was hitting that point where I was, you know, instead of running away from my demons, I'm going to make friends with them. Like, you don't scare me anymore. Yeah. I'm stronger than this. And so I just think that song is so beautiful. And um, it, it's just one of those like therapy songs for me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about like mental health over the years. And I think that like therapy is such, not therapy <laughs> itself, but music as therapy, yeah. I feel like just is so powerful. And I think that for me, there's been such a connection between me using music, listening to music as therapy, singing music as therapy, writing my own music as therapy, like this right. whole, and I think that that, it, there's just this like, kind of, I don't know, I think that like, I think it's, it's interesting because it's, I think people gravitate towards certain things because they relate to it, but then also realize that half the time, regardless of what genre you're listening to or what you're listening to, a lot of times it's very much the same. People just are just doing it in a different way. Right. And I think that also, like, seeing it in every genre, or even just seeing it in an artist that you love, it kind of, it, it spreads the message that you're not alone. You know what I mean? That's what I found a lot with listening to music. I, I think Linkin Park, you know, was my one growing up that truly made me feel like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who's felt this. I'm not the only one who feels this way. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody out there has has these moments or, you know, has these down periods. And so I think that was very helpful in that aspect of, you know, using music as therapy is, is realizing that you're not alone. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you because I think that it, when you have that even goes back to kind of what I was even saying before with like, the first song that I chose because I feel like a lot of the songs that like Diane Warren has written, I feel like I've listened to and been like, you're telling like my exact story. And that's interesting when that means like, it's not really just your exact story. It's clearly like a lot of people's story and that a lot of people are trying to like find like their way. And I think that that's just an interesting, that it, it kind of shows that it's not just like, I think we all sometimes think like either we're alone in this or like only certain kinds of people feel certain things. And like, I, I don't know, I, I just feel like we don't, we put everything in a box, I feel like. We do, but I think it's like, you know, they say say a lot of times men and, and definitely I think it is a bigger issue for men where you you're not supposed to show your emotions. Um, I I grew up feeling that way as well. I didn't want people to see me sad. I, you know, I didn't want people to know I was having a hard time. I thought that it was better for me to be stronger. And so I do think that we, we close up and we don't talk about it. And so then we don't realize that other people are feeling that way as well. And that it's a perfectly normal thing. And that talking about it and letting it out is so much healthier and better for you. Um, so yeah, yeah you, you feel alone because you're kind of taught not to show these emotions that you you should be happy and you know I think that's why people run to music 
because I think people or or film or whatever, any kind of art form, because I think people are like, this is where I can express it or get validation or whatever it is. And um, it's interesting because my next pick for my song um, is called, Is It Over Yet? by Tamiya. And I've loved her for a lot of years. Um, And it's interesting because um, this song, she's an R&B artist, but this song was actually a a Winona Judd song first. Okay. And I didn't grow up like, I don't, I'm not really, I don't really listen to Winona Judd, but it was interesting that there was a level of like, I just really connected with the song. And I, I used to like sing it when I was like, like in Chicago, we had like a little, like a, like a basement study area. And I, and like, no one was ever there in our apartment building. So I would go and like sing songs out there by myself. And like, just in general, like the songs are really like song you get into emotionally and it's very storytelling. And what I really like it for me is the fact that she kind of was even saying that, like I saw an interview, like after this album came out and she was saying like, people like she was saying like, I'm a black woman but I do also like country music too. And I just thought that was interesting because she's not trying to be a country artist and she's not saying like, oh, I only like people have me totally like wrong. Like, but I think it was also like, no, like I'm gonna also say like, I might try a few different things too. And I just think as an artist, that's really like an awesome thing. And I think I just relate to that so much about the whole, like, don't tell me the music I like, don't box me. So I don't know, I feel like it just feel, I just love being able to see an artist be like, I want to try something different for like, even if it's one song or two songs in an album that says like, I'm doing something else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really brave of artists because like, if you, if you go the wrong way, it can be, it can be dangerous and, um, for their careers. And, and a lot of producers, I think don't let artists experiment as much as they want to. So I think that's really awesome that she was able to do that. And, that, and, and I think um, it's interesting to me is that that song to me is, really clearly about like a relationship ending and like just letting the person like like you don't even want to see them like walk away and just saying like is it over yet like I can't even look but for me when I was singing it it was like is my pain over yet and so I wasn't even like relating to the actual lyric necessarily it was just the feeling of the song and that when I would sing it it was like I love singing a story song even if I didn't relate to that specific story but also kind of just in my I guess I brought my own feeling to it, I guess. Yeah. No, but that, I mean, that's what's so great about music is that you can do that. You know, an artist can write a song with an intention and a feeling behind it that's very personal to them, but, um, you know, their fans can all view it in a different way and, and it can hit home for them in different ways. And that's what's so amazing about music. Yeah. I think it's having that connected feeling. And I think that also shows that, like, as we were saying, like, people can connect to, like, different kinds of music and a certain song or sort of thing, and it's, like, I think sometimes when you grow up, it's, like, are you an R&B fan? Are you a country fan? Are you a pop fan? And you're, like, I might like one more genre sometimes more than the others, but I also might like a specific artist from a genre, or I might like certain songs, or I might gravitate toward this at a certain time, and I feel like I just get, I think that it's just a different, like, I think we're told sometimes what we're supposed to like and not necessarily like allowing ourselves to know what else is out there. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So what was the, uh, so what was your last song that you had? Um, My last song is It's You by Henry. (laughs) Um, Like I said, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm a hopeless romantic. So it's just a beautiful love song. Um, I love, Henry's voice in it. He's an extremely talented artist. If you ever get a chance to like watch his videos, there are videos of him like playing two pianos at once and then he'll go and play violin and then just belt out a song and it's it's amazing to watch. But yeah, I love this song. It's it's just a sweet, beautiful love song and and I listen to it over and over. I think what I really like about 
us doing this, especially like having different tastes in music and having that, but also appreciating different tastes in music or what each other has to say. I think it's awesome because I really like that song and I don't think I would have found it on my own. And I think that that's a cool thing to hear something and, and, and to sort of enjoy something that you just would not have found just by like random. You may have found it like randomly, like you did finding a, a Netflix thing. But I feel like a lot of the times, like it's nice hearing somebody be like, hey, have you heard this? And actually saying like, no, I haven't. Yes, that's what I'm actually, like one of the things I'm really excited about doing this podcast with you is that I know I'm gonna like learn about new music and new movies and stuff. And I always, I'm always looking for new music, you know? And so I'm really excited to like, hear your artists and see what songs you bring to the table and listen to them. Well, I think, yeah, I'm, 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 I totally agree with you. I feel the same way just because I think it's a cool thing. And I feel like a lot, I feel like since I always knew I wanted to do something in entertainment from a very young age, I feel like I knew a lot of, like, I kind of knew a lot of music. And so a few people will be like, have you heard this song? And I'm like, yeah, I have. And <laughs> And that's fine, but you're sort of, it's so refreshing and nice to sort of hear somebody like give you something that you haven't heard and then kind of be able to delve into that a little bit. Right. So I think that that, and that's interesting that we like, that kind of brings me to my last song, which is You Won't Find This by Carrie Underwood, because Carrie Underwood was probably like the first country artist that I fell in love with. And and is one of the few artists of like any genre that I like listen to like like love almost every song and it's interesting because I've grown to love a lot of country music in the last probably like four or five years but it's interesting that sometimes there's like you sometimes you almost start off not being fully into a genre it's almost like one artist almost like introduces you somewhere right Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting because I, I grew up listening to country. I love Carrie Underwood as well. I think you're probably a bigger fan than I am because I didn't know this song, but um, it was, it was awesome to listen to because I do enjoy her music and I did really like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I, don't know. I, 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 like, I think for me is like, it's another storytelling song. It's a really mm -hmm. big ballad. And I think for me, less than genre is a thing for me. It's really like, I love usually big ballads from like, whether it's R&B, country, pop, like I just like big songs that are kind of anthems. And I love, I love like the whole storytelling aspect. And I feel like, I feel like she's one of the artists that is sort of like, I don't feel like there's a lot of country artists that fit her lane. Like, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of country artists, to me, can get by without having to have a, a certain, like, they don't need to have the voice that she had. She won American Idol. Like, she kind of came right. out being like, you know, and it's not putting anybody else down in any way. It's just that her voice is like this mega voice. And I feel like it's, it's, it's nice to me because I feel like even if you aren't a fan of country music, I feel like she kind of is just a really good singer. And so I think people can connect with that sometimes regardless of even just the genre. Absolutely, I think so. And I think Carrie Underwood is, is interesting for me having grown up with country music because I feel like she's kind of following the path that Martina McBride did. Um, I, I just feel like there's a lot of similarities there. I think Martina McBride has a lot of those storytelling songs, mm -hmm. you know, um, that I feel like Carrie Underwood has, has kind of had a similar thing going on. Not to say that they're like the same artist. And, no, no, but I do, I do get what you're saying. You know, they have a lot more similarities. I think in the sense that like, they both have pretty powerful voices. Right. And they're storytelling right. artists. And so I think that that's a big thing for them is that, and I think for me, like, I feel like big ballads have kind of like tended to, kind of go away I feel like for a long for a while like they could almost be hits 
feel like it was a, actually that was probably a really really long time ago but I feel like people now are not always expecting like their artists to be like really good singers and that's fine yeah. you know that is not like but for me personally who really loves really good singers I feel like it's harder to find those artists that like unless you really search for them I feel like in the mainstream like it's harder to always find the artist that is able to like give the true vocal yeah but I think like for me the artist that can really sing like one that su surprised me when I found out was Lady Gaga you know she has those those songs that are just fun to dance to they're just cool you know pop songs hits but then like I heard her actually sing and I was like oh my god this woman is so talented and I think a lot of times in ex we lose that in exchange for a, a, a good selling song you know a yeah. song that's gonna gonna be a hit. I don't think every song in the world has to be a huge song I think it's just no, no. like sometimes I feel like now like it's people don't need to sing necessarily. It's a thing of like, oh, and I feel like it's a little bit, I don't know, there's just a difference now that I've been seeming to like notice that it's like artists used to have to have ballads on their albums or have songs that could show their voice. And I feel like now you could release an album of like 10 songs, not even have one ballad on there. Right. And I'm always like, that's interesting. Like you just, and I feel like, but back in the day, I felt like you had like one fast song that would be like released to radio and then you'd have like a mid-tempo song released to radio and then you'd have a ballad released to radio not always exactly like that but i just there was always this kind of thing and now it's almost like i don't know if that's a thing anymore and it's kind of right. interesting that like i don't know just for somebody who ballads are huge for me i always feel a little bit like how did you create like a full album and there's like almost barely one there and if there is one it's almost like half a ballad i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I guess it's kind of slow at times, or it's like not as fast, and it's like, I don't know, it's a little weird. Yeah. So do you want to move yeah. into the films? Yeah, let's, let's do it. All right, so my first film um, was The Holiday. Um, I feel like I <laughs> fell in love with that film, like, the second I saw it, but the funny thing was, is when I saw it in theaters, I think I wasn't expecting it to be that great, and I think I went right. in with, like, this low expectation, and then I saw it and I was like, I love this movie. And it's one of those movies that is just super comforting for me and super just like, I feel like it's well made. The story is well thought out. It, I feel like for me, I love romantic comedies, but I like it when they can balance both comedy and the romance. I feel like mm -hmm. half the time we drop the romantic part. We're like, we're like, let's, we'll have a little bit of romance in there, but it's like, I don't know. I just don't feel as much like, I don't feel the like same romantic side as much. Yeah. I also absolutely love that film. Um, like you said, it's very comforting. It's, it's a great like Christmas time uh, movie. I love all of the, the actors in that film. Kate Winslet. Oh. <laughs> but um, also the soundtrack in that movie the the um the score of that movie is absolutely beautiful and it's fun um and it's great to even just listen to by itself but it, it's it's a whole i think a lot of times um having the perfect soundtrack and score to a film just makes it 10 times better yeah yeah and i and i feel like for me i just feel like the characters are pretty relatable. And mm -hmm. I think you also root for them. And I think it's interesting too, to see both men and women, like both on a journey of self-discovery. Yeah. Because I didn't really, weirdly enough, I've seen this movie probably a hundred times. And I really, until like thought about talking about it today, like, did not think about that. And I've written like a review. I've written like a, sh like a, re a short review on it for this paper. I've written like a huge review on Nancy Meyers movie for like a class and about like all the details of these movies and like why they're awesome. And like why she's like the best romantic comedy director. And it like literally, I don't feel like it has, it almost didn't hit me now until I was like, wow, like there's a lot of like, kind of the whole like 
people trying to figure out like themselves. Yeah. I actually had never thought of that until you said that either. Like you, I think you, you focus on Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet's characters because they're the ones, you know, who have left home to go on this journey. But you're absolutely right that, you know, Jude Law and Jack Black each have something in their lives that they're also struggling with and have to work through. So that's, yeah, I really never thought about that. But you're and, absolutely what's, right. and what's funny is, is that I did think about that kind of before, but it didn't like hit me in the same way. And I think it was more when I was thinking about all the different movies I was kind of thinking about talking about today, I was like, wow, like, it's interesting how many of the stories are all kind of about, like, relationships and self-discovery and self-worth. And I was like, I don't know, I guess I didn't really think about it so much until I would have to go, like, explain why they're your favorite movie. And then you're like, wow, you get this in a different way. Yeah. Um, So what was the one you were going to pick for your first movie? So... For my first one, I'm going to go with P.S. I Love You, I think, because also, as I was just mentioning how, like, a soundtrack can make or break a movie, for me, that soundtrack was perfect. I loved every song on that, um, you know, with the Pogues and uh, Flavie Molly and, and everybody, but also, I don't know, it's it's a romantic film, but it's also with her struggle. I don't, have you seen P.S. I Love You? I think I've only seen brief moments. Like, I'm not seeing the full thing. Okay. Well, I'm going to give a spoiler, but her husband dies in the beginning. And right. so it's her, you know, getting letters from him, you know, over the next year and kind of helping her through her grieving process and moving on. And it's just a beautiful love story. Um, one that'll make you laugh and cry. And then also, I've been in love with Ireland my entire life. And so, you know, I've had that Ireland aspect. It's actually based off of a book written by an Irish author, um, Cecilia Ahorn, I believe is her name. It's funny because sometimes you find even that one connection, like you like Ireland and you've had that. And I think sometimes that can like be even like a thing about like a huge draw, even of why you even like saw a movie or why you like why it like takes it to that next level for you. Absolutely. Agree with that. But yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful movie. I definitely recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, hopefully the spoiler doesn't ruin it for anybody else. Yeah, I think that it's, I actually think though, that's the point with, for me, with like what makes a good romantic comedy and what, and what I really like is a movie that in the romantic comedy genre, where like, I kind of want you to give me like, both sides like I want to cry and I want and I want to laugh and I want to feel the range and yes, I think that like sometimes like ones kind of can like they tend to normally go toward it but the comedy side more I think because they, they're thinking if I can keep you laughing kind of but I think it's good sometimes to find that like balance where you can feel like there's a balance of both without having it to feel like you're going all the way to a comedy or all the way to a drama or period type whatever thing Yes, I agree with that. Um, Mine next thing is Something's Gotta Give, which is also by Nancy Myers. Um, And um, I, um, I just, you know, I just feel like it's another one where I feel like all, like, like everything is sort of put together. Like every, like I is dotted, every T is crossed. Like I just feel, um, like, what I love about Nancy Meyers' movies are, is seriously the look of them. Like, they are so, like, it's always, like, set in great locations. The houses are beautiful. And it seems like everything, even in the house, like, from the books on their nightstand to, like, every, like, little detail, it's like, oh, yeah, that character probably would be reading a book like that. And I, I like that instead of it being, like, we're just going to throw in whatever because it's like, whatever. And it's like, no, these things are thought out. And I think people sometimes forget that like romantic comedies aren't all just like these thrown together things. Right. The, this is the one with Diane Keaton, correct? Jack yep. Nicholson. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I love Diane Keaton. I think she's very good to it at portraying her characters and bringing like that chaotic energy into it that just kind of makes you fall in love with her character and um yeah I really enjoy enjoy her movies and I think she and and Jack Nicholson had a good um a good chemistry 
in that film. Yeah, I just, I feel like it was just, it's, it's also another thing about like the whole like self-worth, self-discovery kind of movie. And I think that it's, it's an, it just, it's a, it's an just, it's a comforting movie, but at the same time is like, kind of gives you a wide range of emotions, I guess, to sort of look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, it's, just, it's been a movie that I've just been really into for a long time. Yeah. Well, um, my next movie has been a movie that I've been into for a long time is uh, Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 with Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. I think it's important to make that distinction because there's also, you know, the Colin Firth Pride and Prejudice series that uh, I think so many people absolutely adore. Uh, however, I... I love the 2005 movie. I think it's it's beautifully shot. The scenes are just gorgeous, but also it's just a story I love. I, I absolutely adored the book, um, reading the book, and um, the the chemistry again, chemistry between Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden was so on point for this film. Uh, it it just made you fall in love with their characters even more so I think and and they did a wonderful job with it yeah I actually I don't I don't know if I've seen parts of it or I've not seen it at all but it definitely seems like a movie that I'd like to check out and I feel like especially with the whole even thing when you mentioned like scenery I think for me like a huge draw in films is definitely like the acting and all that but I think sometimes for me just even the scenery can make a huge difference um, and I think sometimes that can at least be something that draws you in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then my last film um, that I, my favorite is Why Did I Get Married, um, which is a Tyler Perry movie. Um, I just, I think it's another, just really, it's relatable. It's about relationships. Um, I've been a big Tyler Perry fan for a long time. I I like being able to have um, inspirational movies, but also the, that with um, the comedy side. And I just think it's nice. And it's interesting too, because it's, it's interesting to see a movie without the Medea character, which I do love her, but I think it's really cool to see like him just acting in the movie and Jill Scott's in it. And she plays a really, have you seen it? I think I've seen pieces of it. I've not watched the whole film yet. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it's really relatable. Like there's just scenes that are super emotional. And I think that even if you don't relate to a certain storyline or what it's like to be like cheated on or what it's like to, to go through anything and maybe like a marriage, just that feeling of like emptiness is very relatable. And I really like that there's that balance between the how deep it can get or I guess it's more say emotional it can get and then to also go with how funny it can also be yeah absolutely I think like you said with the balance between emotions with movies Tyler Perry is absolutely a king at doing that <clears throat> excuse me of, of balancing the comedy and and the deep emotions absolutely um I though I've not seen this movie all the way, I have seen plenty of Tyler Perry movies and, and he does that in every single one of them. Um, Di Diary of a Mad Black Woman, beautiful film. Uh, you know, even Medea's character who is just so comedic and, and off the wall, uh, but you still have that beautiful story of the, of the main actress and, and how she, you know, this journey she has to take. And, and he, he is absolutely a king at, at making those films with that balance. Yeah, it's interesting too. <laughs> like I've seen like two of his stage plays and, and in Detroit. And I feel like it's just, I like the balance. And I just feel like this movie, like to me, just has so many elements to it. And so I really just, I don't know, I just, it feels like there's a comfort in it. There's a rawness in terms of like, I mean, like Jill Scott's character really just like goes there. And then it's like, it's just like, it's just like, it's also a very, also very funny movie as well. And so I feel like to try to, I, don't, I just feel like it's, 
I think it really just goes to everything I've even talked about, as I said before, about all the movies I've been picking. I feel like it's really that relatability factor. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, that's a thing. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's for me just, it's funny because it's a movie I haven't seen in a while. And I feel like all the movies I feel like I haven't seen in quite a while. And it makes me kind of want to watch all of them again. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the last movie that you had? The last movie I had is The Farewell. Um, I, I love this movie. I think it's another one of those that, that had a great balance between the comedy and the, the raw emotions. Um, it's an Aquafina film, which she's just incredible. And um, shocking, to be honest. I think because you don't expect that from her. And I think right. it, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because she's more of a comedic actress, but um, she really let her emotions show in this film, and uh, she did an amazing job. And to me, this was a really cool one, because, um, you know, every year for my birthday, I kind of just take the day to treat myself, and so I'll, like, uh, you know, treat myself to dinner, and then go see a movie, and this is, uh, I went and saw this for my birthday uh, last year, and it, I was just sitting in the movie theater laughing and then crying and then laughing again. And it's, I think it's one of those that you can relate to, even though, um, you know, it's a Chinese family and she goes to China. It's like we were talking earlier, you know, even though we have our differences and they have their different traditions and cultures, we still connect in that. We all know what it's like to lose somebody and, you know, have that moment where, you know, somebody that you love so deeply is about to go and how difficult that is and trying to stay strong for your family or trying to stay strong for them. And so I think it's just easily, uh, you know, easily relatable. Um, and, and so you can definitely just feel those emotions and, and they did a great job. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, it's been a while now since I've seen it, but, um, but I, but I, I, I liked it. I really feel like it's interesting sometimes because sometimes with like the whole like subtitles or like the whole, I think sometimes people get very like afraid or very like, right. I don't want to like be so like, do I have to think during this movie? Do I have to like, like, I don't want to be watching this screen. And I, I've definitely fallen into that. But then when you, sometimes you watch these films and then you get so immersed that you sort of like, you, you forget that yeah. it's there or, or you just sort of relate. And I think sometimes you don't care anymore. And I think that yeah. that's interesting because I feel like people don't think about that. They don't because when you have a great story in front of you, it's not a chore to have to read the screen to, you know, um, to see what's going on. And actually after having watched so many foreign films and TV shows with subtitles now, I actually have a difficult time going back to watching even uh, English speaking shows without subtitles now. I've just gotten so used to reading my screen while watching that like I tried to watch a show on Netflix a while back that was in English and I, I had to turn my subtitles on and so now I just leave them on. It's just become a part of my my movie experience. Yeah, I think that it's interesting too because I think that people, I don't really know if people are scared of new things. I think sometimes it's that, but I think people are either don't know if they'll relate to it. I think really it is the subtitle thing. I think a lot of the time is that people are like, oh, like if we're sitting down for like an eight o'clock at night movie to like whatever, then you think like, I'm tired. I don't really want to read subtitles. You know, like, it's like, this, I feel like there's that feeling of like, and I really think because I think, I'm going to be really honest. I really think a huge reason, one, why I watched that movie was Aquafina, And also it already had all of that like award buzz. Right. And so I think that that makes it more accessible to people because I think when it's like just a film that doesn't have that, people are definitely a lot more nervous, I think, to try it than a film where they're like, well, they might be up for like some big award. So maybe I should watch it or, or she did win this. So maybe I should yeah. I go watch this now. Give it a chance. But I think if people would just, I mean, the director of, of Parasite said it best. I, I mean, your world is just open to so much more if you get past that barrier of, of, you know, the subtitles at the bottom of your screen and realizing, you know, once you give it a chance and you sit down and you watch a film that has subtitles, you, you really do realize that it's not as big of a chore as you think it is. I think the biggest thing for me is that I can't really watch 
uh, a Ford Films and do something else. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't watch it and fold my laundry at the same yeah. time, so I have to find an English-speaking show. But to me, that's not really a, a big thing. I'll do that. I'll, I'll put on music then to fold my laundry or something like that. Like that makes more worse sometimes, too. Like, I feel like people always are, like, looking for this, like, like, things that they don't have to truly, like, yeah, like a background distraction. And so, yeah, so they're not thinking like, oh, I really need to sit down and watch this movie. They're thinking like, right. I can throw something on in the background. And I think that that can be a good thing, you know? But I think it also can be a thing where sometimes I think people need to slow down a little bit and like yeah. sit down and like watch a movie and like allow something that's not their everyday, like into their life. You know, it's, it's, a great point. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I think we do that. We've all kind of fallen into the trap, myself included, where I'll turn on a movie on my TV and then I sit there on my phone the entire movie and I'm not really paying attention. Whereas, you know, watching the foreign films where I have three subtitles, I, I don't have that option. I do have to be, you know, completely. Good thing for like on. keeping yourself at a certain like level because you're like, whoa, I need to like actually focus and actually be involved and I think too like I think kind of as we're like ending and I think it literally also just paints the entire picture almost the entire conversation that we've also had is human emotion is human emotion and I think that when you watch a foreign film even if it's in a different language and you may not even totally relate to the story if you haven't been through something the emotion that's on the screen, if it's done well, is just going to be the emotion that's there. Right. And so I think sometimes, like, you'll watch something like a foreign film and you'll be super, I, I, it's only happened to me a couple of times, so I'm not sure, I'm not like an expert on it, but I do feel <laughs> like sometimes you, when you watch something, you just relate. And I also think this goes down to a thing that bothers me a little bit about why people don't watch, people who don't like to watch casts of different, even like, if it's a story about like, like a gay person or the all cast is, or the cast is mostly black there, or like a cast that's mostly whatever. They're like people, I think even like, I think a lot of times people think like, I won't relate to this. Right. You watch it all, a lot of, a lot of times that will go away. And then you realize we're all human and you relate to it. Exactly. I think it's, it's, it's a fine line because rep representation is so important. Um, I think for us, we're very fortunate because we've always seen people who look like us on the screen. Um, so I don't know. It's, it, it's a weird thing because like you said, being able to open up and, and watch, you know, casts of different race, casts of, of, uh, different ethnicities on screen and seeing that you can relate to them. Um, is so important. And then also having people of different races and different ethnicities, having it a bigger platform. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, is, is what's so important too. It's important for their stories uh, to be told and to be heard. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like that. It's a bit of both because I think yeah. people also need to realize that one, we're far more alike than, we're, than we are, you know, than we are different from each other. So you can relate to things. But also, if you fully don't relate to something, that is also okay. Because it's right. also like, yeah. appreciate that there are other people who have other stories as well. So yeah. it's sort of like an interesting game. And I think people like, I think it's more just sort of like, just kind of just having everything with an open mind. So yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I think that um, we've, I think it's been really interesting and I think we've definitely covered a lot of things I think too that I think the more you delve into music or delve into a film, you then realize how much is like beyond the surface level. Mm -hmm. we, we use, we use movies and we use music as sort of an escape from reality, I think. Um, but it, it can go so much deeper than that uh, for everybody. 
and uh, I think we've discovered that today, it, how much deeper, you know, uh, these art forms go for us, how they're not just entertainment for us, um, how they can be therapy, how they can be, how we relate to the world. It's, uh, it's, it just shows you how absolutely important the arts are. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's one of those things where, you know, it's, the arts are so, just so important. And I think that sometimes it's easy to, I think easy to forget that. And I think that it's interesting too, just like you think you understand stuff. I think it's interesting how you can always sort of even go deeper than you think. Because even now, like, I feel like I've gone, like, I think about music and this kind of stuff a lot. And then to even start talking about it more or thinking like, oh, like I'm preparing for this podcast. You think, wow, like there's even more than I thought. And that's interesting because you sometimes, it's not like I didn't think, like I was always just like skimming this, you know, surface. I like, I usually do go kind of in depth and think about these kind of things. And so it is interesting to sort of not, to always realize that there's might be even deeper levels you can go. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, and it helps to talk it out with somebody else because now you're bouncing off and, uh, of each other and you get their ideas and, and they bring up things that you've never thought about about this film or this song that you've listened to and you love and it, it helps you to, to go down deeper into that. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that we can probably just leave it right there. And I think yeah. that you get some, <laughs> this is, I think we'll just uh, leave it at that. And I guess we'll see you next week on Three Songs, Three Films.